Hi guys, welcome to Who Are We? The podcast where you get to meet the we of We Carry Kevin. I'm your host, Kevin Chandler, and I want to introduce you to some of my friends. Like Charles Doris and Roman Haviland. These two didn't know each other from Adam, but I knew that wouldn't be a problem for long. And that's exactly why I wanted to go for a walk with them together. Neither of these guys have ever met a stranger. So where are we guys? We're at Harlandsdale Farms in Franklin, Tennessee. Franklin, Tennessee. And Charles, you said you went to church with yes, Mr. Harlan himself. Mr. Harlan, and I don't know, I mean, he's deceased and he was in his 80s, near 90 when he died, hmm. just a few years ago, two, three, four years ago. So I don't know if he was the original Mr. Harlan or if it was his dad. Oh, okay. But he's, he's the one who had the farm and bequeathed it or you know, made it available to the city of Franklin. Hmm. And, uh, and what we're walking through right now used to be the dog park, right? But they've moved that across the, the field. That's what Katie said anyway. Okay. So, yeah. so we're not, we're in the former dog park. <laughs> so I remember growing up in Nashville, whenever we came to Franklin, and you drive past this and you see all these beautiful horses. Mm. So, and you're across the street from the factory at Franklin, which is kind of a landmark now. Mm -hmm. But that factory was originally a stove factory back at the uh, early part of the last century. So wow. I can't tell you much more than that, other than we look across the way and see part of the apparatus of the old stove factory. Yeah, uh, the smoke, smoke stuff thing, right? Yeah, watch the landmark. Oh, yeah. Oh, here we go. Good here job. Go. Low bridge. Good call. That's your job, Charles. <laughs> That's right. Okay, we're clear for so, the next 100 yards. Yeah, yeah. No trees. So, so I, I guess you grew up here, right? Were you born and raised here? I was born and raised in Nashville. Yep. Okay. So, and, and literally in Nashville, and of course, right now, Nashville and Franklin are like one city. They're all connected. There's development between the two, but when I was growing up, if you went to Franklin, the way you said it was, we're going out to Franklin, which meant you were going out of town to the next town south of Nashville. <laughs> you know? That's awesome. And, uh, so people back then, I mean, we're talking 50 years ago, if you lived in Franklin, you were considered way out in the country. Mm. You know? Now people live south of Franklin and work in downtown Nashville and don't think anything about it. Sure. Such a growing city too. It's kind of nonstop. It feels like these yeah. days. Yeah, I feel like we we kind of found like the the quiet spot here. <laughs> yeah. You know, like oh, in the middle of a crazy city. Yeah, and it's rarely this quiet anymore. Right. Yeah. Um, especially, especially the further you get, you get into town these days. Mm. Oh yeah. Yeah. And then Roman, you are from Alabama, right? Born and raised in Birmingham, yeah. uh, but my uh, my dad played music, so probably the first three words you hear as a baby when your dad plays music is Jesus drums in Nashville. <laughs> <laughs> it's That's like, great. Those are probably the first three words I heard anyway. Um, so Nashville was just synonymous with my whole life. Um, um, and then I moved here about 11 years ago now. Um, feels like it was longer. <laughs> to be so did your dad play professionally? Yeah, he did. He played for 
Southern Gospel groups that oh, okay. toured and traveled around back in the uh, yeah. back in the hot days in the like in the 70s, you know, when there was no AC at any church. Oh, literally, <laughs> the hot days. Yeah. And did you say he played drums? Played drums, yeah. So he was in the 70s. He was a trendsetter in Southern Gospel to have a drum set on stage. He was, yeah. Wow. It was all brand oh, yeah. new, yeah. Um, and. Uh, it's a, it's actually really interesting to see kind of the progression over time you know what bill gaither eventually uh, was able to to do for and with southern gospel mm. you know as the years went on oh yeah maybe you yeah. could even say oh yeah what that did in the end for christian music as a whole yeah like yep. the, the gates that that opened up um charles when did you start into the music industry so speaking of drums <laughs> I played drums in a band in junior high school, as we used to call it, and uh, took drum lessons. And I was in the baby stages of the southern rock thing, mm. you know, so I had a band and we did, you know, we were just a copy band. We did southern rock stuff and pop stuff. And uh, uh, anyway, I was always the guy that booked the band. So whoever had the drums, you had the biggest logistics problem. Oh man. Because mm. you had to load those drums up. Well, to make matters worse, when I was 16, I bought a PA system. <laughs> so I not only had the drums, I had the PA system. <laughs> so it should come as no surprise that at yeah. age 17, I bought a van. Oh, so I was 17 buddy. years old in high school. And back then they were called panel trucks. Oh you know? yeah. Bought yeah. an old panel truck. Put shag carpet in it, paneled the walls, and it became the the way we hauled all our gear around and because of that it's long after your short question but being the guy that booked the band at some point in college i realized you know it's a lot easier to book the band <laughs> and make 20 percent of the money and not have to haul this stuff around <laughs> but i liked playing sure. but honestly when i looked around i didn't see very many professional drummers over age 30 Making money. Oh man. Yeah. You know, and so. being able to hear anymore, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. So I started booking other artists when I was in college in addition to our band. And that was really the beginning. Um, mm. And started doing it professionally when I got out of college. So I've been mm. doing it for thirty-five years. So wow. years. actually a little more, yeah, college days. So it's funny, we, we kind of had a, I had the reverse experience where, I mean, I, I dabbled in playing in bands, but I pretty much, uh, for most of what I did was I booked bands okay. and managed bands. And and then uh, some friends and I were like, oh, we should do some music ourselves. And, and so we did that and I stopped booking for other people and just focused on our projects and then eventually got out of it as a whole. But, but yeah, so maybe if I'd gone your route and done the, the played first and then book. Maybe yeah, I'd maybe so. Uh, um, so I, this is fun because I, I wanted to get the two of you together. Um, you know, all the other episodes that we're doing on this podcast uh, are um, people that are already friends and already know each other and gotcha. have some sort of, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, some sort of story together and you guys don't know each other and uh, and yet it's fun to, to see how you already can relate and um, 
I, I love you both and love spending time with you. And you both are great storytellers and, and you're both, um, you both are, are faithful friends and you feel deeply uh, with the people that you're in proximity with. And so I thought, well, this would be good to get the two of you together. Kind of the age-old, like, I'm going to put two of my favorite people together and see what happens. <laughs> That's good. Um, That's good. So, so here we are. But, um, you know, a lot of this podcast is about friendship. And the question that I like to ask people is, um, based on your experience in life um, up to this point, how has that shaped your understanding of friendship? And... Um, and if, if you have some, some thoughts on that directly, we can, but I, I would love to ask you guys, um, you know, you both have, have a history of being on the road and touring, mm. and um, some of that has been with people that you love dearly and, and are happy you're on the road with them, and sometimes it's a job, you know? Yeah. And, um, and so I just think you have a really unique perspective and dynamic um, yeah, just uh, any insight that I'd love to hear more about. Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, I've been actually thinking a lot about friendship lately because of uh, uh, a uh, Christian movie that recently just came out about the music industry. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. And uh, I went and saw it, and I think uh, I think I really, there's a lot in that movie about forgiveness, and I think there's a lot in general that kind of points to consistent um, forgiveness or lack of judgment, you know, in situations where your expectations aren't quite met. Um, but, you know, what that kind of led me to, I think, was just understanding the concept of choosing joy with, with people uh, a little more versus, you know, choosing judgment or, you know, um, anger or anything like that. Um, and true friendship really kind of boils down to the, the the choice of staying committed no matter what like you you're always going to be there for that person no matter what the story is mm. um that's the heart of christ that's kind of always been there for me in my life i, I can say that for sure my family um, has always experienced the same thing and yeah um so friendship i, I have to live friendship i think the same way that it's been um, you know, uh, practice to me. Mm. I've been offered a lot of grace and forgiveness and love in my life by people who, you know, I never gave anything back to. <laughs> and, um, you know, and some I gave a lot back to, but um, all of that stuff was, was worth it. I don't have any experiences to look back on now and think, well, I wish I, that wouldn't happen, you know. <laughs> so I have a lot to be thankful for in that, that mm. frame. Mm. Yeah. yeah. So there's that proverb about uh, friends sticking closer than brothers. Mm. I have two brothers that do anything for me, and I would for them. But there are th there are friends that I actually would go to before them. Mm. Um, not because I w wouldn't feel comfortable going to them, but just because of close bonds or friendships. You don't choose your physical brothers. Mm. Right. Even though you grow to love them, you grow up together, you have experiences together. And with friends... You know, we in essence choose one another, right? Mm. Because if it doesn't feel right, then 
we'll still call ourselves friends, but we're really <laughs> you you know, more like right. acquaintances. <laughs> but, but true friends, I did have a guy tell me one time years ago, a mentor of mine, he said, you'll have many acquaintances in your life, but your true friends, you can count on two hands. Mm. Now, yeah. whether that's true for everybody, I don't know. Some might can count on one hand, some that might take both hands, both feet, times mm. two or three to get your true friends. But uh, <laughs> the definition of what a true friend is, uh, but, but, but that resonates. But you talked about being on the road, mm -hmm. you've probably experienced this too. When you're in the confines of, of a van, oh, man. Or, <laughs> or even a tour bus, mm. you know, you're in each other's space. Right. Mm -hmm. and, most people don't even see their own families 24 hours a day, yeah. <laughs> but you yeah. do on the road. You're consistently with those people. Yeah. Yeah. How are you doing? Oh, doing great. Okay. Do you need the walking poles or anything? No. All right. I think we're good. Cool. Keep going. You want to go we're see what here? the arena looks like over sure. here? Sure. Yeah, let's take a look at it. It's actually where they, pretty curious. Where they rode the horses? Yep. Nice. I thought I smelled some, you know, horse Waiting scent. Um, it wasn't me, I promise. <laughs> Hidden away over here. Hey, buddy. <laughs> so I don't know if back when this was an active horse farm, because this was all private property, if this was the arena, but I bet it was. Or even a training space yeah. for, you know. It does look fresh. Yeah. Interestingly. Do they still bring horses out here? Or what do they do? It looks like they're still doing something. Those uh, look like fresh tracks right there. Yeah, I think appears to be some. Those look like go-kart tracks. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they do kind of you look You got like... that out there too, for sure. Yeah. It does look like some hoof prints there. Oh, yeah, that's around the edge. So for sure, I, I, I would say so. The equestrian world, I guess, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Just kind of doing their thing. And if you're in that world, then you probably know about this facility. Uh, you know, yeah. the, it, if you think about it back, so back in the day when Harnsdale Horse Farm was launched, you know, you weren't packing up and going to regional events. Sure. You were going to the next big farm that had a riding arena. Mm. You know, and on the third Saturday of November, you were always here or whatever. Mm. Yeah, that kind of thing. So, like I'm, high school I'm, basketball. Yeah. You move from one to the other. Yeah. yeah. I'm not an equestrian guy, other than growing up in in Tennessee. You know, we're famous for horses here, and Brentwood was a big horse area. Mm. Brentwood is next to Franklin. You know, so we're right next mm. to Brentwood. Franklin was a big horse area, and then of course the next big town down, big town, is Columbia, Tennessee, mm. and they're not famous for horses. They're famous for mules. Oh, that's right. Mule Town is yeah. what it's called. Yeah. Actually. In fact, yeah. they have something every year called Mule Day. It's a weekend, actually, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Yeah. And it's like 100,000 people come, or whatever the number, it's a big number. They fill up this town of Columbia, and it's all about the mules. And there's lots of people down there that have mules. Wow. So, yeah. yeah. I've been down there, uh, actually, for it because I work pretty close to there. And, Okay. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, we know about it. Yeah. It sounds impressive. Yeah. We, yeah. Have, we have turtle days in Indiana. Oh, turtle day? In Cherubusco. Yeah. yeah. Okay. A long time ago, some kids swore that they saw like a, you know, 10 foot wide turtle wow. in, the, in the lake. And that's it. So it's turtle day. That's not totally they have crazy. Turtle races and yeah. Uh, so that's that's you're, you're right. Yeah. It's not totally all day. 
Why field? But, I would be I would be weary of Turtle Day because of like the turtles that I know about in the South. Oh yeah, the alligator snapping turtles and like Ooh. mean monster snapping turtles that you know yeah. even tiny ones will take your little finger off. You know, it's no fun. Are you speaking from experience? No, I, let's just say I've gotten close. I did get freaked out one time by a, uh, a snapper that got a little too close for me. <laughs> so let's walk over toward those houses over there. Yeah, yeah. Hey, yeah. Charles, yeah. keep my elbow inside the backpack. It's blacked out. Yeah, it, we can get Katie to help if we want. Does it go, like, does it go in the... Uh, in, like, against oh, me. Oh, sure, yeah. So... Katie, help me put his elbow inside the backpack. Teach me how to do this. Yeah. So, so I know my lean this way and then tuck. Yeah. Okay. Just like that. Okay. A little awesome. more. Lean. No, that's good. All right. Yeah, yeah, do you need me higher up on you? Oh, or? thank you. Oh, uh, yeah, let me see. Probably a little. Let me see if I can reset the. Is that better? Yeah, that's good. Let's do it. So, um, so yeah, let's, uh, you you said the thing about touring is you're in a van in small space with with a few people. So what? Um, and Roman, you were talking about kind of choosing joy and 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 faithfulness and and friendship. So what does that look like practically? Kind of putting those two discussions together. Um, when you're when you're in a small space, when you're on the road and away from your your home and your norm, how do you choose that joy? How do you what's the intentionality there look like, kind of in a practical way? That's a good question. You know, I think practically, just logistically, you've got to. You've got to learn to create space for yourself to, you know, to make healthy decisions, you yeah. know. Um, for me, that process has been more about like a daily practice. Um, spending time with God, like even in a structured manner. <laughs> you know, um, I, don't, I don't think I've ever had structure to the way I've prayed or read scripture or any of that mm. uh, until the last two or three years mm. um, and that's been a huge difference maker I think for me in um, having discernment in my friendships mm. like without question yeah. how has it affected people around you as far as like because of that you interact with them this way and so they respond a, yeah, um, I'm talking about math problems. Huh? <laughs> you know, honestly, I've been lucky enough that the people around me are um, really strong people mm. when it comes to emotional health and spiritual health and growth. Um, so, you know, um, I even have a friend and a roommate who's not a believer who. Uh, even still has been like very discerning and kind and gentle you know um, yeah. I think and, and gracious you know uh, when we're having conversations about our differing beliefs um, mm -hmm. and you know it feels like uh, 
there's a spiritual aspect to those conversations hey guys. and a spiritual atmosphere to them as well where um, a door seems to be open that's not normally open i guess you could say hmm. for it to be a a, a a growing and learning curve but also like a very peaceful experience hmm. we blocked or we can go Same down the around. side if you're Either way, let's there. hop over. Let's climb over it, Roman. <laughs> yeah. They just don't want vehicles to go this this way that aren't official. Mm. Kev, is yeah. this gonna? Um, are gonna yeah, it? we can do it. All right. Oh yeah, we're good. Good. Oh yeah. Oh, Sweet. Yeah. Like a glove. Roman made that look easy. Yeah, I did. <laughs> it's like the what? What's the old bar you go under the? Oh, the limbo. <laughs> limbo. Yeah. yeah, it's yeah. next up for limbo together. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> See, I'm talking about uh, joy. Uh, you have to, you've heard this, but you have to choose joy. And that sounds easy to say, sitting here in a beautiful setting like this, <laughs> beautiful temperature, sure. great people. But if you don't look for the good in things, uh, you're going to lose out on a lot of what life has to offer you. Mm. Uh, certainly as a Christian, but uh, but even if you weren't a Christian, you know, if you look at everything negatively and everything pessimistically, and, and in our friendships, I think that's what you really have to to do. You got to look for the good in people, and you got to, I mean, raising kids, you, you you nurture them and you mold them, but you also make sure to accentuate. The good, the positive, mm. you know, and uh, and, and I, you know, that's a biblical principle that we don't teach as much as I think we should. Mm. And, and yet, life, God tells us, life is going to be hard in the sense mm. of, you know, the rain falls on the just and the unjust, so to speak. So, so we're passing a couple little houses here that <clears throat> were houses that people that worked on the farm could live in. I can't mm. tell you the exact story of the houses because I don't know. Uh, but probably one of these houses was the farm manager. Mm -hmm. And part of his deal was he would get a salary, plus he got a place to live. Mm. Um, the other one probably was the number two person. There could have been other buildings on the property, but I've walked over and looked at these before. and. Uh, have been told what I just told you. Yeah. Yeah, so that was a very common thing, you know, for many years. Is, it still is in some big commercial farms. They provide Housing. lodging yeah. for you. What's this out, uh, out back of this house? Uh, this silo, I think? Some sort of silo, like grain, something or another. Yeah, grain and silo. Like a private yeah. stall for... Mm -hmm. and keep, and keep the grain dry and fill up the buckets under it. I don't know, I'm guessing. Yeah. Looks like that's, yeah, that's probably what it was. That or a corn silo. There hmm. you go. Stock up on it and, you know, feed your family for the year off of that dry, yeah. dry corn. Uh, there <laughs> you go. As much as you could. There you go. <laughs> Just add water, right? Yeah. <laughs> And again, all these big fields, you know, you can just imagine them teeming with horses. Yeah. They had Tennessee walking horses here. Hmm. Which, uh, you know, were, were a big deal for a lot of years. 
and uh looks like they those are some horse tracks right there so maybe somebody yeah <laughs> i don't know what the rule is with horses so if you have a horse and you trailer it in from spring hill mm -hmm. can you ride here yeah. yeah i'm sure there's a way to find the answer to that question mm -hmm. i don't know what it is <laughs> <laughs> we don't have it <laughs> yeah so so Kevin, I turn the question back on you. Uh, the question about joy and friendships. Uh, well, I haven't been on tour with you know, I'm Well, kidding. that's true. You haven't. I'm been. kidding. No. Um, well, and I, yeah, I think. Um, you kind of know a little bit though, because you. Uh, sure. You know the the trips. That's kind yeah. of like a mini tour. Yeah. 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 Well, and I, and I think about you know Katie and I talk a lot about the fact that our home is open to guys coming in to, to help take care of me yeah. and um and that means that uh our space is uh it's filled with other people you know and and, uh, and it's not always our own and and so how do we navigate that to um to really invite them in and, and to like you said like choose joy and, and see the best in them and, and encourage them and draw that out um, yeah. as their brother and sister in Christ and um, you know it's, it's been a really wonderful thing to have these guys in our home um, but it's also it's different you know uh, it's different from what the the usual or the norm is for uh, you know, newlyweds. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. and we, there's not really a handbook for what it should look like. You know. So, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, um, that's true. So yeah, we're we're learning that and navigating that together. Um, and I I wanted to ask you guys. I I, I can tip in on this too, but um, you know, we talk about seeing the good in others. Um, how do we how do we do that as believers? Um, <laughs> Uh, a lot of a lot of these conversations, actually all of them, have ended up on kingdom living and um, and what the kingdom of God looks like and um, and how we're living that out in in small ways now through friendship and um, and I think some of that is uh, seeing Christ in others, seeing uh, His work in them and in their hearts and and encouraging that in them. And so I. I'd love to hear um, what that looks like for you guys um, as you interact with, with people in your day-to-day -day and your families and, and your friends. Um, how do you, uh, what's the process for you of, of really looking deep into them? Because I, I do feel like both of you see people really well. Um, yeah, so I'd, I'd love to, and, and maybe did that has that always been the case? Does that come naturally to you? Or did you at some point have to say, um, this is the, the kind of life I, I want to live and I, I want to see people better. And um, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> that's, that's a lot of questions. Yeah. <laughs> that's a good question. Um, and seeing the good in people. I'm going to go back to that movie a little bit that I saw. I think there are probably people in that film that I judged probably improperly, you know. Mm. I felt a little conviction on that. Plus, I think just uh, a conviction in general 
with uh, you know how the story is, is always it seems to be written like a movie in our minds you know and we forget mm. to live in the present and just accept it where it, where it is and accept what God is saying in the moment mm. um, so choosing to see the good in people I think is uh, a part of that is I think choosing to see that in yourself too mm. I mean that's always been a big part of it for me is understanding that can y'all lift him real quick? Yeah, I'm sorry. And I wonder, have you ever tightened the straps under your arms? Like right here, if you want to. Let's see. There we go. Right here, if you want to like, tighten those at all. I don't know if that would help. Or... Like pull back on them? Yeah, pull like down. Pull them uh, Here. And here, if you wanted to. I don't know if that would help. So Charles, if, yeah, Charles, if you lift up to me. My and bad. Then does that work to kind of pull them down? I don't know if that helps or not. Um, let's see. Maybe no. Can't really pull these down. And okay, pull your back, really. Yeah, there we go. You know, like a skier. Oh, that feels a little, a little better, actually. Okay. okay. Sweet. Yeah, and we can start heading back that way. way yeah. We're losing light, so. Oh, man. Well, yeah. Um, you look good in the dark, though. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. That's a bus joke. That's a bus joke? Yeah. You never look better except until the lights were off. <laughs> you say that to all the guys on the bus. I think you're right, um, Roman. You gotta, and Kevin, what you're saying, uh, you do have to look for the good. And one of the things I've tried to do, I don't have it all figured out. I don't want to sound like I do, but, but I try to find where there's common ground mm. with people. Early on, if it's a brief relationship, since somebody I'm sitting next to on an airplane, mm -hmm. you start with those 30,000 foot questions. You know, where are you from? Oh, I know somebody there. You know, some of that stuff. You know people everywhere too, Charles. Yeah, well, so. Maybe so. so uh, <laughs> but, but in other words, you try to find, you know, what you what you share in common, as opposed to what you're, what's different about you. Mm. And, and, and I'm. I'm afraid that we're losing some of that. We're not modeling it for the younger generation like we need to. Very true. We're focusing mm -hmm. now, it seems like, on how we're different. And mm -hmm. we have, we're doing a great disservice to our young people and ourselves to do that because that's, that's not going to engender um, deep relationships. Mm. I want to know what unites us. Uh, you know, so come back to the being out on the road experience. This can happen anywhere. But there's an old term that I've heard over the years called a battlefield experience. So here's an example of it. The three of us go off to war in Vietnam, let's say. Mm -hmm. And we're in the jungle. We're depending on one another. We're, we're shouting, watch out. We're, we're, we're out there together. We're, you know, we don't even know each other. We've been thrown together by being drafted, let's say, in the military. Mm -hmm. And we're over there for a year. And the experience we share is a bonding experience for a lifetime. Mm. Doesn't mean we're gonna come home and live in the same neighborhood or be best friends, but that'll never be taken away from us. On mm -hmm. a much smaller, less serious level, you go out on a run of concert dates. <laughs> it might feel like a war. And you're gone for three weeks. Right. And you're yeah. in that van, and eight of you are sharing a hotel room for showers. Right. Uh, or maybe it's a little more luxurious and you're in a bus and there's three hotel rooms you're sharing for showers. But you're still with each other, like you said, even more than with your family, which is with each other 24 hours a day. Right. 
If you wake up in the middle of the night, if you go to the bathroom, you're getting off of a bunk and there's somebody below you, somebody above you, somebody four feet across from you, you're with everybody. If you're in a hotel, there's two guys to a room or maybe early on, there's four sleeping in that room kind of a thing. So you're really close. And so in, in a way, uh, it's a battlefield experience because every day you're waking up in a new parking lot of a church. Mm. I'm, I'm a Christian music person. Uh, did country music for a while. But you're waking up at a new venue every day. New people to help load or unload, new caterers, new uh, venue managers, or if it's a church, new pastor. And every experience every day is different. Mm. And those of you on the bus together or in the van together are on the battlefield every day. Yeah, that's the constant, right? you know? It's a familiar face. Yep. And if we don't have a common bond about what unites us, it's rough, because it's rough to be out there facing something different every day. Not that everything every day is bad, it's just different. Mm -hmm. It's just different, yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, you said it, I think our generation now is so primarily focused on what, what makes what's different about us. I think sometimes in the vein of that made us unique in some way, mm -hmm. you know, but that turned into vanity. It was kind of a vanity metric for life. Mm. And, you know, now, of course, that gets highlighted so well that it's, it's difficult for people to, to see past those things because they almost require each other to see those things first. Mm. And Jesus looked right through all of it when he was yeah. here. You know, mm -hmm. he certainly has for me. So, oh yeah, yeah. He's like through my, he's like, oh red hair and beard. You know, he didn't call me like Irish or, you know, like, he was just like no. Yeah, it's you, just Roman. you you said something earlier, Roman, about uh, sometimes we like to see life as a movie and we forget that it's more than that. And um, something that I've always struggled with, and so I've had to really intentionally work on is. Um, seeing, remembering that the people are more than two-dimensional, you know, and so whatever, whatever the issue is or whatever the commonality even is that's right in front of me, there is a lifetime of depth behind that, you know, right. and, uh, and they are so much more than that one thing, and, and uh, I think that we do live in a culture that um, not only forgets that about each other but we forget that about ourselves and uh, I see a lot of people that classify themselves and uh, and take a lot of pride in this like one dimension of who they are um, and they they forget that they have more depth that they are 3d yeah, <laughs> and, uh, so well said. Yeah. and so as a result um, we, we then kind of put that on others and if if that one dimension is not the same for them then you know, the heck with them kind of thing. Yeah. Right. And um, and so yeah, I think for me, finding finding joy and finding um, the good and encouragement and or in encouraging the good in others is is realizing that depth and realizing that 3D um, and and drawing that out and celebrating that, celebrating yeah. those years of life and yeah. experience. Yeah. Um, that that I don't have, you know, to, right. I don't have it exactly the same as as you or as Charles, and uh, yeah. and so I I can be thankful for what you guys bring to the table in this feast of life. Yeah, well, and that's just it. I don't I don't think the kingdom of heaven is ever made by 
you know, what we individually take uh, as much as what we what we give, uh-huh. right? Mm. So, yeah. if the kingdom of heaven is is more like the way that Jesus described it, <laughs> then uh, then there's going to be a lot less about you know, like the things we're saying now. Yeah. Um, and uh, I honestly, I prefer it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, the happiest I've ever been is when I'm doing something for someone, whether yeah. whether that was forced or not. You yeah. know, um, it always was better than the things that I do for myself mm. uh, under selfish terms, especially knowing it. But even if you didn't, the moment of realization, I think, had a lot to do with it. So. Oh, yeah. This podcast is a production of We Carry Kevin, a nonprofit. We believe in the inherent value of all people, and we want to help those with disabilities achieve more freedom, access, and joy in life. We believe redefining accessibility is a cooperative effort, something we can achieve when we work together. Recorded and edited by Luke Thompson, Zach McCurdy, and Nick Sheesby. Music by Tom Troyer. For a video version of this podcast, check out the Disability Media Network at dimenetworktv.com. D-I-M-E networktv.com. For more information, visit wecarrykevin.org. Thank you so much for listening. <laughs>